Here we are, gathered together on this Easter Sunday morning, a day that is set aside to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. This Easter is different than any other Easter that I've been a part of. We are unable to assemble together as we usually do. The families dressed in their Sunday's best will not be coming out to the house of the Lord to fill churches all across the nation on this day. They will not be coming out to the church because the church building is closed. For we are in the midst of a, a current global pandemic that has required us to physically separate from one another to stop and slow down the spread of this deadly virus. People are dying. People are isolated. And our normal routines have been interrupted and despair, loneliness, anxiety, and uncertainty have settled in. But I'm here to remind us on this Resurrection Sunday that we need to encourage one another as people of God with a message of hope in the midst of our current struggle. We are certainly in a day of trouble. We are the church and we have a role, a function in and through these days of trouble. We must continue to share the gospel, spread the good news and share the love of God through our words and through our acts of love, kindness, and forgiveness. If you would open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, the 21st chapter, our Simonic text comes from Matthew 21, verses 10 and 11. That's Matthew 21, verses 10 and 11. Hear the reading of God's holy and divine word. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. As we Note from the scripture that I just read. The whole city was stirred and asked the question, who is this? So a question for us today comes in two parts. Are we prepared to answer that same question? And how do we answer this question? So I will be teaching this morning on the subject of sharing Christ in the day of our trouble. To establish context this morning, let me say this. I love this story that comes from the 21st chapter of Matthew. For in the story, we find Jesus in the latter part of his earthly ministry, just prior to his arrest, his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection. The setting of the story takes us to a time when great crowds of people from all over 
were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. As we journey into this text, as we place ourselves in the story, I can sense the festive spirit, the music, the dancing, the foods that were being prepared, the joy and the reverence of the celebrations. For Jerusalem was the center of the Jewish religious world, and Jerusalem has been referred to with many names. It has been called the city of peace, or the city of God, and the city of righteousness. All of these names are thematically connected with the idea of the sacredness of the city. It is the holy city, or the noble sanctuary. And this story takes us to this great city at a time when large crowds are gathered for religious celebration. Some say thousands were gathered, and others say millions of people headed into Jerusalem for this celebration. The festivals were traditionally rooted in the celebration of God's rescuing, liberating, and delivering his people out of their bondage of slavery in Egypt. This is the setting of this great story, and it has come to be known to us as the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. It is a glorious New Testament account of a divine intervention, a divine interruption. You see, in the, in the midst of great numbers of people gathered for a traditional celebration, here comes Jesus entering into the midst of it all, claiming to be the fulfillment of it all. And this story is preached around the world on Palm Sunday in churches all around. So the Bible tells us in Matthew 21, verses 1 and 2. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Let me get right to the point here. The first part of the question that I asked as I opened this sermon was, are we prepared to answer this question that the crowd asked, who is this? My first point is that we need to be set free in order to serve the Lord. Imagine this. The donkey and the colt were in their place at the appointed time. They were actually set apart by God for his holy use. They had an assignment, but they needed to be untied from their post and brought to the law. They would have a, a participatory role in the triumphant 
entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Now this reminds me of the church as we wait and prepare for the second coming of Christ. We've also been individually and collectively set apart for holy service unto the Lord. The donkey in the story had to be untied from that which held him in order to be used by God. And I, I don't want to speak for you, but this reminds me of myself. I had to be untied. Yes, I had to be untied. Let loose, set free from that which I was tied to before I could serve the Lord. I have a feeling you know what I'm talking about. But thanks be to God, through our salvific experience in Christ, he has untied us from the power of sin and death. He has set us free to overcome anything that would hold us back from serving God. We call it being saved, regenerated, pardoned, justified, sanctified. We call it being born again. The scripture goes on in verse 3 to say that if anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. My second point today is that God wants us to stand up and be the church that we are called to be in these days of struggle. See, I do believe that in the midst of this great pandemic, and as we journey towards coming out on the other side, that God does have a need for you, for us. For Jesus is the head of the church, and we are the body of Christ. The head needs the body. He is calling you today. He wants us as the body of Christ to be his hands and feet in this world, to stand up and be the church. He wants us to be in his service during these days of trouble. You do know that as we serve each other, we are actually serving God. So today, in the midst of our struggle, I'm asking you, I'm begging you to deliberately and intentionally reach out to one another, especially the elderly, on the phone, texting, email, FaceTime, telephone conference calls, video conference calls, however you do it, please reach out to one another with the love of God. Pray for one another. Support one another during these troubling times. Allow God to use you in this moment of despair and desolation that has interrupted our lives. The scripture goes on to say, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. 
They brought the donkey and the colt. They placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. Jesus continued his journey towards his ministry at the cross. Many thought that the Messiah would come as a, as a mighty warrior with chariots and horses, with the power to overthrow the authority of those in power, perhaps even by violence. They thought he would come as a man of war, equipped with superior weaponry and strength. But Jesus came riding on the back of a colt. A donkey is not a war horse, especially one who had never even been sat upon. He came on a humble beast of birth. The scripture continues. The story goes further. A very large crowd spread their cloaks, their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. It was as though they were spreading out the red carpet for the royal entrance of the king. They were praising him, and at the same time, they were crying out, save us now. Large crowds of people were in town, more than usual, because of the Passover celebrations. There were many who welcomed Jesus as Messiah. The religious leaders didn't, and they were enraged by the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. They held on to their belief that Jesus was a false prophet. They viewed him as a, as a blasphemous teacher. And I can imagine the tension in the crowd there were those who accepted Jesus as the fulfillment of all the Jewish messianic expectations. And there were those who rejected him in every way. The chapter heads into its closing with this. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Yes, they had an answer. They called him a prophet. But we know, today we know, that he came as prophet, priest, and king. Amen? Amen. So are you prepared to answer this very same question? Who is this Jesus? Well, when they ask you, you can tell them, that Jesus is the Son of God, the second person of the triune Godhead. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. You can tell them that he was pre-existent to any concept of time, as we know. He existed before you and I before the Bible, before the church, before anything, Jesus was. He was in existence before the universe was formed, the Bible tells us. In John 1, 
verses 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Yes, you can also tell him about his incarnation. Tell him that he was born of a virgin. He wasn't born through the reproductive efforts of a fallen humanity. No, God overshadowed the woman by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary conceived the baby, carried the baby, delivered the baby, and called him Jesus. Yes, God stepped out of eternity into time. He clothed himself in humanity. God, in the person of Jesus, has entered our struggle. He has entered into our suffering. Jesus was fully divine and fully human. Yes, you can also tell them what he did. When they ask, you can tell them that he preached about the kingdom of God being at hand. You can tell them that he taught the way of salvation through Christ and how to live out this Christian faith tradition. You can tell them that he was really a miracle worker, that he gave, he actually gave sight to the blind. He really healed the leper. He fed the hungry and he raised the dead. He made the lame to walk. They got up off the bed of affliction and walked upright. <coughs> Each of these miracle stories are a snapshot of the ministry of Jesus, and they are lessons in and of themselves. He gave sight to those blinded by inadequate religion. He gave comfort to those who were rejected from society and the faith community. Through his feeding the poor, he demonstrated the providential care of God. And by raising the dead, he showed us that he would reconcile us back together to our Father in heaven. You can also tell them that he was despised and rejected by men. You can tell them that he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. You can tell them that he suffered and died. He was arrested detained, accused of false charges. He was spat upon. He was struck on the face by the temple guards. He was brutally beat all night long. He was forced along a road to a dusty hilltop called Calvary. They nailed him to a cross between two criminals. Yes, tell them that Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads in disgust. Imagine that, placing God between two criminals as though he were guilty of a crime. The Son of God was now crucified by the humanity that he loved. But you can also tell them that love cried out from the cross when Jesus called out to the Father. 
asking for forgiveness for the people. You can tell them that Jesus died on that cross and they took him down from the cross and laid him in a borrowed tomb. But here we are today, over 2,000 years later, to celebrate the fact that he was resurrected from the dead. Early Sunday morning, on the third day, Jesus was resurrected. He was raised from the dead, and death could not hold him captive. He lives. He lives. <clears throat> he lives. Yes, he lives. And as the songwriter said, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Yes, don't forget to tell him that he's coming back again. And now is the time to get right with God through faith in Christ and his finished work at the cross. Yes, you can share all of these things with them when they ask, but you can also tell them about Jesus by how you live your life. You can tell them about Jesus through your acts of love, through the sharing of your joy, through your striving towards love, justice, and peace in this world, through your acts of forgiveness, and by demonstrating your faithfulness, your gentleness, and your self-control, you can be a witness to the glory of God. So then, beloved, in the midst of this pandemic, yes, we are to proclaim the gospel, we are to live the gospel. We are to love each other. And we are never to get weary of doing good, especially to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen.